The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Hello, hello, hello. We're back. And so are you. Thanks for coming back. For more Spin the Rally Pod, I'm Rally fan Lisa O'Sullivan, here to ensure our crack team of rally good talkers stay on course and don't do the verbal equivalent of crashing into a telephone pole or veering off topic it into a nasty drainage ditch. The rest of the team's all here. Former motorsport team boss George Donaldson, Dirtfish contributor and voice of Rally Colin Clark, and Dirtfish.com senior staff writer David Evans. Good morning, chaps. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Lisa. Morning, Lisa. Morning, morning, morning. Do you know what? We have spoken about Rally Ypres for some time now. We've spoken about uh, its place in the calendar, its time in the calendar, the fact it's in August. And what do we have? We have rain, wet and nasty weather in the build-up to uh, Ypres. Colin, I know you love this event. I do. Um, the weather near me is miserable. I'm, I'm fairly sure that it's either going to be really hot or really wet well, over in Belgium. Well, I've, 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 I've stolen a little bit of uh, George Donaldson's thunder and oh. I have had, had a look at the weather forecast for the week. And it's interesting, Lise, because it's, it's as you say, you know, they've uh, really, you're, you're down in the southeast of England and Ypres, the crow flies, not, not a million miles away, is it? It takes me two hours. I can, I can do it in about, I, if, if once I'm... Once I'm on the road, it takes me about an hour and a half to get to the, the crossing, um, however long it takes me to get over, and then it's about an hour on the other side as well. Go. It's a brilliant drive. I love it. So not too far at all. So the kind of weather that you're seeing is quite probably similar, and uh, that's what I'm hearing. You know, they've had some pretty heavy rain there over the last week or so, but, but here's the interesting thing. From tomorrow, which is Tuesday, if you're listening to this, so from Tuesday, <laughs> from Tuesday, it starts to dry up and it starts to look reasonably warm. Now, David Evans isn't going to like this, but by Thursday, 26, 27 degrees. But here is the thing. The thing is, the fields, the fields that define Ypres Rally, these roads go through all this, these wonderful little farming communities, the link roads that link the communities and link the fields. The fields are full of crops. They will hold the water. It's, I, I think, now, George, you can maybe give a, a better insight into this. But I suspect it's going, to, it's going to be messy. It's going to be messy out there. I don't think we're going to get enough drying effect. There'll be damp mud in the cuts. Those deep, deep cuts that they take could get rather messy, George, which will make it interesting. 
Well, a, a rare opportunity for me to completely contradict everything Colin said. <laughs> How far, thank you, Colin. For, you know, the next thing you'll be doing is all the technical analysis. I've heard you at it already. You know, you've I'm got magic. form. You've got form. You've got form. So here's the takedown. The drivers aren't driving on the fields. All the little link roads are asphalt. There's lovely yeah, ditches between fields, most of George. the roads. Most of the roads in the fields, there's ditches. They're well defined. The roads are generally above the fields. I'm not the not cuts, all of George. it. I'm the talking cuts. about well, the cuts. The cuts what don't, what don't you know about Ypres? There's cuts. not a lot of cuts in Ypres. There's not a lot of cuts in Ypres. There, there are cuts, but there, there's not a lot of cuts in Ypres. I remember mud. Yeah, it, it can be, but ultimately it's not the fastest way. People will do it, of course. Of course they will. They will cut. But um, what you forget about Ypres is so many times that uh, you, you just see a car off in a ditch, a bit like Kielder. You know, you've got this... Four feet wide ditch, sorry, a meter wide ditch, and and it's a meter and a half deep, and that's what keeps the water off the road. And there's a lot of them around um, for for drainage. It's very very well drained area, um, uh, in, in its agricultural format. Historically, it wasn't, of course, as we know, it, it can become devastating. Um, uh, I I think Colin that the it. Uh, those crops are all they would have been desperate for rain they'll have sucked it all up it'll be drier than we think you know five days of dry weather it's warm uh, there's a decent breeze in the early part of the week it's staying breezy throughout the week I think that uh, we'll have a fairly normal uh, I'm going to have Ypres. a bet with you George so I know well I mean there, 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 there's going to be mud and there's going to be cuts I, there I'm always is in Ypres but it's a normal not... Ypres, a normal Ypres. And listen, this, this, there's, there's, there's not many cuts. Ypres is ditch to ditch to ditch, cut to cut to cut. Um, you know, it's, it's the way you take these corners. They have that... drainage ditches well, for a reason, don't they, Colin? They correct. And if, if I, I, I suspect, you know, a normal Ypres, it gets dusty, it gets gravelly. I, I don't think it'll be dusty and gravelly. I think that'll be muddy, and I think that will cause all sorts of problems. Um, now we'll wait and see because, as you say, George. It is quite open there. You get a bit of breeze across that, bit of sunshine, and it will dry up. But they are drainage ditches. Drainage ditches are there because they channel the water away. Therefore, drainage ditches get wet, yeah. and I think yeah. they will be muddy. Yeah. And I th but they're also well, they're I, also I, listen, very effective, Colin. And, and uh, you know, five I'm, days of no water, and and honestly speaking, it's going to be it's going to well, be pretty pretty reasonable. I, yeah. I did the Haspengau rally, which is a, one of your favourites, George. I did the Haspengau rally last year. And oh my goodness me, okay, it was a completely different time of year. It was early on in the year. Um, but it was full mud, full mud, full mud for the whole rally on tarmac roads. It's a slightly different character there as well. Slightly so. different. You know, it's, it's a bit faster, I suppose. Maybe not quite so many 90 lefts and rights. Um, but, you know, point is, I think it's going to be a little bit different. I think normally when we have eat breaths a bit earlier in the year, it's kind of what, June time, July, um, and it tends to be dry. It can be blisteringly hot. I've been in Ypres before when it's been 32, 33 degrees. Uh, I don't think we're going to see temperatures like that. But I think, I think we are going to see a little bit of weather kind of action, as in, you know, action on the stages as opposed to maybe weather in the sky. So we'll wait and see, George, but it'll be interesting. David, have you changed your mind about Ypres yet? You, you, were, you, were, you were fairly scathing last year about <laughs> Ypres times. Are, are you still serious about this 26 degree thing, Colin? Is that for real? David, I'm really sorry, mate. I'm really sorry, but but you'll be very pleased to know I have double-checked our accommodation for you. <laughs> and it does have, it does, uh, having, having absolutely melted in Estonia, 
Uh, you'll be very pleased to know we've got ceiling fans. Fabulous. Ceiling fans. That's, that's all I need. Colin, have, have you not invested in a dirt fish parasol for David Evans? <laughs> or, or, or someone to waft exactly. someone to waft the parasol over him. That's yeah. me. That's me. We've, we've finally found a job suitable for Colin. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, but not one that I'm good it, at. It, it, I have to say, yeah, you know... I, in in the past, recently, you know, I've not been Epa's biggest fan, but I could not, genuinely couldn't be more excited uh, than I am right now. It's, it is going to be a great event. You know, it's a remarkable sort of series of events, isn't it, that have brought us to here? Because I think it was October last year, October, November, we were, we were going to Epa, it was happening. Uh, and that was super exciting because then the weather was completely crazy. Uh, and then, of yeah. course, it, it was lost to the pandemic. Uh, and it wasn't originally on the calendar for this year. It was only when we lost uh, Rally GB, whatever form that would have taken, uh, that suddenly it, uh, August opened up and Anipa was there, ready. And no, nah, it's great. It is. It's going to be a fantastic event. Um, you only have to look at the entry. You know, was it 120 odd cars uh, coming out? Some interesting points in there, though. Uh, when you look at the entry list of the of the WRC two and WRC three support series. In WRC 2, I think we've only got five of the regulars. Uh, and in WRC 3, there's only, I think it's only Rossell and Pepe Lopez doing it. You know, there's none of the Kaito, uh, CM and Egon Cow. They're not yeah. there. I, I was. Why well, is that, David? I had a long chat. I spent quite a long time on the phone to Alan Panas. Obviously, Alan is, is rally manager um, of, of the event. And. He was saying, you know, Ipa has long had this this reputation for exactly what you you and George have just been talking about. You know, this corner cutting, the difficult nature of the stage is a very specific event. Uh, and Alan said, you know, I think ultimately people have been scared off by this. People are historically mm. people have always talked about the fact that you can't go to this rally uh, and win it for the first time. You can't really go there and perform strongly. You need so much experience of this event in all different weather conditions. Well, you know, Chris Meek disproved that didn't he when he, mm. he won it for the first time uh and he, you know craig breen was on the podium the first time he went there when you have it, a, an event that's been won by one person by freddie loikes for 11 times you know i think there is an indication that experience does work uh but i think alan's right you know i think people have been scared off um the likes of mickelson they've perhaps not wanted to come here oh. uh because they don't know it and it's not it's not a banker well, for well, them. I yeah, likes of Mickelson, though, David. I mean, some of these guys have had pretty, uh, you know, bad experiences yeah. of Ypres. I remember Mickelson in the IRC days. Um, I think it was the first or the second stage. Yes. You know, I went to interview him at the side of the road. He, he, you mm. know, even Thierry Neuville in the early days at Ypres, uh, you have had it pretty can bite, can't it? You know, there's no doubt. It, it can and, bite. And I think, I think when we go back and we talk about the likes of Craig Breen and obviously that remarkable win for Chris Meek, what we have to remember is that was in the days of the IRC. And, and listen, I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions anywhere here, but you know, perhaps the recce regulations weren't quite as strict. You know? <laughs> maybe they weren't, Crikey. Maybe they weren't <laughs> quite as strict. And, and maybe you could have a little more of a look at the stages than yeah. you can now. If you're going to Ypres for the first time with two passes in front of you, having, having never, ever experienced Belgian ditches, Belgian roads, Belgian tarmac, you know, you'd have to say it would be a massive ask for you to win under those circumstances. Yeah. So um, I, I, I can I can understand why these guys have decided not to go. And 
Uh, it, it'll be disappointing for the organisers, but it won't, it won't detract from it, David. Oh, no, it won't. There's still great competition with a lot of the Belgians yeah. there and a great chance for them to shine. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I think you, you're absolutely on the, on the money there, Colley. You know, with a two-pass recce, it is going to be difficult. Um, but equally, like George said, you know, with five days of, of drying sunshine, a bit of wind, I, I think the roads themselves will will dry. But, you know, the, the, the weather has has just been so incredible hasn't it since june we saw those those tragic floods uh across all of sort of central europe and germany and croatia and, and everywhere next door to, to all the neighboring countries uh, and whilst these floods haven't had a direct impact on the actual route um that, that we're running because most of the roads are out of those regions there has been a sort of knock-on effect and again talking to alan one of the um one of the issues that we've seen recently is the the final day uh the i can't remember what the stage was called but not the power stage um has now become it was a 16k stage it's now a nine kilometer stage called stavolo uh and the reason that stage has has been cut in half is because the local police force don't, they don't have the manpower right now to dedicate to the rally because they're still so engaged in in helping people through the through the floods and and trying to get their lives back on track trying to get their their houses rebuilt or 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 whatever um so it is there is a, an impact on the event you know another uh impact is that they have uh, obviously official cars for the event and skoda supplies the official cars the number of cars that they've been able to supply to the event has been drastically reduced because a lot of the dealers in in Ipa have lost cars. They had cars stored underground that have now flooded, so they've had to direct cars to them. There's lots of different things that you oh, just wow. don't think of. Um, mm. And also, you yeah. know, in terms of, we talked there about the weather. Uh, and Cole, you mentioned the crops are still in the field. That, Alan said, that's caused them issues as well, because they'd, they'd planned to be parking cars in wheat fields where the wheat had been had been harvested and gone. Because of the rain, they haven't been able to harvest the wheat. So therefore, they've lost their car parks. Um, wow. Do you know that that's also a possibility as well? Because I know that a lot of the um, farmers, when the crop's ready, they pick yeah. it. So if we have a big burst of sun, sun, we could see the combines out in the field as well, causing issues. Highly, highly likely, yeah. And and there's not a lot gets in the way of a farmer in a combine harvester. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, which teams are we going to be fancying you know oh. um, I, I've seen a piece with Adamo saying that he's hoping that the Hyundai team will be um, well a little a little more forefront forf, forefront that's not a word forthright at the forthright. forefront least there might be better <laughs> yes that's, that's, that's why he's a wordsmith that's why he's a wordsmith I I don't know what, where what what you all think but you know I think you would struggle to look past Thierry on this i know he's third on the road it's perhaps not the ideal place but as part of me that thinks that actually the only person who can beat thierry this week is thierry himself you know if he lets that there will be pressure there will yeah. be huge pressure uh on him and that potentially is his biggest rival the the desire to win his his home rally and, and make history uh but he has the experience he's the only one of the current drivers who's driven those roads in a world rally car he he knows what's coming um so for me mm. hyundai is the one and you know they've got craig breen in there as well who won the event last time out hyundai has to be the favorite uh as far as i can see and we've seen a real switch and a real change in the strategy that toyota will deploy now 
as much as they want to win every rally now they are understanding that they're they're moving ahead in the drivers championship and in the manufacturers championship Ogier's already said that you know it's the championship that's important now so if he can can consistently score 18 20 points he's not going to be too stressed about winning these events it's just about mm. maintaining and developing the gap over the second place driver the interesting bit for me you know, we talked to, to Yerry Matty and, and he says exactly that, that it is about now just keeping the points difference to the next team or the next driver. But where does that leave Elvin? You know, Elvin's not interested in, in well, of course he's interested in, in helping Toyota to become world champions for the first time since 2018. But he's really, really interested in, in cutting into that gap uh, and, and taking, taking points away from Ogier. He has to start winning rallies. Uh, if he's well, and, and he's he's the one who can beat Neuville. I think. I think if you if you said who who would be Neuville's but he's never biggest been there, threat, Cole. you know, what, by you your say, own. Well, he's never been there. He, he has never been there. But Elvin has the ability to yeah. read surfaces incredibly absolutely. well, David, and he he prepares incredibly well. For me, you're, you're absolutely right with Neuville. Neuville Neuville is his, potentially his own worst enemy this weekend. But I think he'll deal with it because he's always dealt with, or he's learned to deal yeah, with has. pressure. But, you know, th this might be Belgium's only appearance in the World Rally Championship. It's not on next year's calendar. Um, he would dearly love to win it. But, you know, Breen has to be a big threat. But if we're talking about outside of Hyundai, for me, I think Elvin has got a chance. He's got a real chance, a real chance. It will be incredibly difficult, but he's got a real chance if he's given his head, if he's allowed to push on and maybe take a few risks. And he's prepared to do that. that for me, that's the big question. We've seen that with with Elvin this year, and it's kind of typified his season, that, you know, that unwillingness to take risks. And it's, it's paid off so far in that he's, he's very much still in the hunt for the championship. But at some point, that has to change. He has to get out of, you know, this, this, this comfort zone. He's found a very, very good, safe pace that allows him, more or less, to be there or thereabouts with the podium. He needs to push on from that. He needs to push on. He needs to take some risks. And he needs to push these boys at the front because there could easily be two high undies. I, I don't think there'll be three in front of him because I think Tanak, again, might struggle this weekend. I think he might. And that, for me, will be another mm. interesting one to watch. But I think there could be two, two high undies in front of him unless he's prepared to take risks he, out there. George. So, oh, so I just want to bring George in. He's gone very quiet over there. Um, George, who, who are you going to be watching and who do you fancy this weekend? Well, apart from concentrating on myself here, not to make any noise, because apparently I, I, I was noisy earlier and I wasn't even aware I was doing anything, which is a bit scary. Except sitting I think we've got a bit of surge still. happening on your mic. We might have a bit of auto gain going on and off the mic that right. you're not the one, but not the one you're recording on. So that's fine. That's All right. Fine. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, fine. Uh, that's good. So now, who do I fancy this weekend? Well, I, I think this event could actually just spring a surprise. You can't disagree with any of the opinion about the, the experience and the expertise, but this rally is unique. If a driver can just slot himself into the right place, the fastest driver out there will not look the fastest. He will look the calmest, most controlled, almost... Uh, Certainly not not stayed, not 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 quiet, but it's the cleanest approach. It'll be the guy slowest into the corner will be the guy that's fastest out. So it, it somehow, somehow I think it puts the likes of Ott Tanak, uh, Elfin Evans and, and even Seb Ogier in a very good place. 
This rally would reward the right type of caution, the type of caution with the pace that those three drivers can generate. It's intrinsic within their body. So I think they could surprise Craig and um, Thierry, although they absolutely, like yourselves, they have to be my favourite for this, absolutely. George, um, what about does... road position, George? What about road position? Because you know, if, it does, if it does get messy, which I think it will, I know you're perhaps not agreeing with that, but if it does get messy, clearly that will favour on the opening day, uh, Seb and and Elvin. So, so is is that well, going to be enough uh, to give them a a bit of? And well, I was Jerry's third, isn't he? But is that enough? Well, I don't think it's going to be wet enough to do that. Now, I've done wet epers, so uh, at least two of the epers I've done have have been very wet, and and we've been using effectively, you know, slicks cut to cut to full wet to try and get traction through some of the areas because it is just so bad when you get when you get hundreds of metres in between two corners completely covered in mud. We're not going to get anything like that, obviously. Just the odd bit of dirt on, on the road. And the road's going to be hot, so any of that mud coming out is going to dry very, very quickly and, and push off. So it, I don't think it's going to be muddy and slippery. It might be dirty, but but I don't think it's going to be the the, the biggest factor it could be certainly I mean that's that's a bit of a no-brainer to say that it doesn't make much sense but um no I, I think I think that the the pull, pulling the muck out on the road honestly speaking if 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 Seb Ogier is pulling muck out onto the road yeah as first on the road yeah he's not going fast that's the bottom line but he is there you are that, that's it in a nutshell if, if he's pulling dirt on the road he's losing time he's hemorrhaging but he is, time but he is and okay, that's gonna that's gonna that'll affect the cars behind them absolutely. Yeah. But if they're actually on the cleaner line, I think they'll be quicker. I think I, th- I think the clean line is worth more than putting dirt that's, on that's the That's interesting, George. So you'd honestly say with those first two, those first two or three cars with the good drivers in them, the great drivers in them, they shouldn't be ringing that much crap on the road. They'll bring some on the road, but it's not going to be catastrophic, mm. like you know. It's not going to be some form of fest, but maybe the clever thing to do if if Toyota strategy is is uh, Seb Ogier, you drive your nice clean rally if if you've if you've got the figured out like that, and and then get Elfin to make the road yeah. dirty behind them. We we have you know, seen that though, haven't we? I mean, it, we talked previously about that that event in Alsace. I can't remember which year when when Lowe totally destroyed the road, um, and it, but it was a lot lot mm. wetter. Uh, but I remember, I remember talking yes. to him, and you, we've seen it in Germany's as well. Um, it, that was huge. I mean, if it was that muddy and slippery and deeper, then yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're uh, if you're off the road a little bit on yeah. the inside, because you're going to muck it up so badly for the guys behind you. You're, they're going to hemorrhage much more time. But with it being it quite dry, shouldn't. I don't think I think you would lose more time than you and would it's possibly quite a, gain by it by would be quite a defensive road. mentality as well, wouldn't it? To think I've got to get the car off the road to essentially. To, to slow the line it's, uh, for the guys coming behind. And that's actually, not Ogier. It's actually really crap. It's really crap behavior, but it's perfectly yeah. legal and perfectly just because it's rally and that's what but the it's, business But it was is. interesting when I, when I put all of that to Sebastian Ogier not long ago and, and asked him, you know, is that the, are you in essentially pole position given that you're first on the road? He, he said, it's, you know, it's not the way that I like to look at things. You know, I'd rather we had a, a level playing field mm. Uh, and that's all he ever asks for, isn't it? You know, all of the time, all of the years that we've seen him moan quite rightly uh, about running further down, oh, sorry, running at the head of the field on gravel rallies and sweeping the loose gravel away. All he wants is the same opportunity as as everybody else. Um, so it'll be, it will be an interesting one. Uh, but I think you're probably right, George. I think 
if we get those five days of of dry weather, it's not it, you know it's going to bring dusty mud, uh, soil, yeah, <laughs> whatever whatever mud is that's not so wet. Yeah, gravel, gravel. Thank you, Colin. Yes, maybe kind of yeah, gravel. It'll be a bit. It'll be a bit dirty, but uh, gunk. Uh, gunk. It will yeah. be. A, it will be a factor, but but it can't be anything like it could have been. Um, and 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 might have been, it, so. There'll be the odd, there'll be the odd little bit of mud. I dare but say. But it it's now, just, but... it's going to be hugely exciting. And you know, it's not, it's not just the, the, the fact that we're going to a new place and everything. We have such a different format as well for this event. It's the Friday morning shakedown, uh, mm-hmm. and then you know, no stage until until half past one Friday afternoon, which we've seen before. You know, the old two and a half day format. But mm-hmm. still, at twenty forty eight on Friday the thirteenth, we start stage eight. Uh, when it will be, yeah, so, that could be interesting. Sunset is twenty one oh seven, so certainly for WRC two and three runners, yeah. they'll they'll be in the into the dark. Uh, so, from a spectator's point of view, having a rally where you've got a flat surface as well, and yeah. you can see the lights from a distance going through is is so exciting watching rally cars doing that. I mean, it's great when they're coming through the forests as well because it feels like there's a dragon coming towards you, um, but <laughs> fire breathing and everything. But um, when you can actually have a vantage point and it's dark. It's and, so and atmospheric. I, I don't know. I love a, I love a summer yeah. evening in a rally car. Well, the thing, thing about that, Lisa, as well, is that, you know, in, in, in points in Ypres, these, these, you know, some of these stages, they go around almost fields and, and you know, they almost make a square. You know, they start yeah. and stop in a very, very close proximity. Um, and if you've got the right spot in the evening, you'll see two or three or four or mm. five cars maybe on the stage at the same time, lights blazing. It'll be quite some atmosphere. But that, that's one of the great things about Ypres. And it's been one of the, the, I suppose, one of the defining factors of the rally over the years has been the atmosphere. You know, the atmosphere in the stages, the atmosphere particularly in service. That'll be interesting to see what that's like this year with obviously all, all the restrictions that will be in place around service. The service park in Ypres yeah. for me has always been one of the standout parts of the rally. The atmosphere, uh, you know, the banter. the Clothmakers Hall? Uh, yeah, just, just a fan- it's a fantastic experience, isn't it? And it'll be interesting to see how that works out I- this year. Um, and I'm sure it'll be just I- as I'm atmospheric, sh- David. I think what David was heading towards as well is I just want to, because keeping an eye on time, because I know we want to talk about Rally One cars as well. But can we talk about Sunday? Um, A very interesting article I was reading on the dirtfish.com website. Um, You've been chatting to Richard Milliner about the 180 mile road trip that we've got on Sunday to take the cars out to Spa Francorchamps. Yeah, just just before that, there was one more thing I was going to mention. Uh, about the route on Friday is that don't forget on the second stage we actually cross the border uh, and go into France as well. So there's I think ten kilometers um, over the border where we, which I'd kind of completely forgotten uh, that this I think is the West Uta. Mm. Uh, I've probably pronounced that completely wrong stage. Do you need an extra PCR <laughs> test for that? <laughs> Again, go, just dashing back to to Alan, I asked him how how does that work? How do you manage to to run uh, that stage? And he said, "Oh, it's very simple." He said, "You know, all you've got to do is you have to make sure that um, the, obviously the two sides of the border are talking to each other. They have a very good stage command, a very experienced one." He said, "But you know, we do have there's there's two different ways of setting stages up um, in terms of arrowing, I guess, and stuff like that." And he said, you know, the Belgian way stops at the border and the French way takes over. We have Belgian ambulances one side, French ambulances the other side. So there is, you know, there's a, a huge amount goes into this. But wow. like you say, Lise, you know, Sunday is is the big, big day. Um, 
for what is it let's just have a look here so we have 318 kilometers of liaison for 40 kilometers of stage and that's 11 percent um uh stage to to liaison ratio which is not great uh and i could understand richard milner's point was you know he didn't really it was not the distance they were traveling uh it's the the fact that there's these two tire fitting zones so they they go out they leave at epa drive down to spa uh which is a journey of 300 kilometers 180 miles and then they have a, they immediately have the opportunity to put to choose new tires for the first stage of sunday morning they do those three stages so stavelo the francochamp stage then the stavelo stage again and then they can have another set of tires before the power stage um, and Richard said, you know, why can't they just leave Ypres in the morning on Sunday with the tyres that they're going to use all day? You know, they're only doing 40 kilometres of stages. Even the soft uh, Pirelli would work uh, for 40 kilometres. And obviously the answer to that is that the, the, the weather changes dramatically, as as we've seen anybody who's watched the Belgian Grand Prix. You know, yeah, it can. It can change in different parts uh, yeah, of the ex- circuit exactly. when they're going around, so, can't it? But Rich said, you know, ultimately what? we have good weather forecasting. and you know, take the soft Pirelli and it will work. You know, it, it will get the cars round, um, but they want this opportunity to to fit the monsoon tyre if it absolutely buckets down. Uh, so I, I can see both sides. Yeah. And, and, just, and all it, I wanted to say, Col, is I can see both sides, so, but I do actually disagree with Richard here. You know, I think that we have to keep safety mm. as paramount and it gives us an extra thing to talk about. Yeah. You know, who's going to do what with that last tire? We we did a piece with Elvin not long ago, and Elvin's really questioned, you know, how fair these days is the power stage when you've got drivers like we saw, we've seen Tanak on a couple of events this year go very, very, very slowly through Sunday morning because he's he's already in super rally. He's, he's retired and he's come back, saves his tires to the power stage and then walks it to the, not doesn't walk it, but, you know, it, it takes the five points. And and Elvin said, you know, if you've finished, if you've done the whole route and finished, say, seventh or eighth, probably eighth, actually, you're going to be outscored by a guy who's only done a handful of stages and then has come back on a Sunday morning, saved his tyres and blitzed the power stage. Uh, so I... Wasn't that the point of a power stage, though, to stop people who had nothing to to drive uh, for yeah, but, from well, just was, tootling around? The idea was that everybody had done... Uh, everybody had done the entire route and you know it was when we've got these minute gaps between first second third they still wanted there to be some sort of fight on on the power stage on the final stage but elvin does make a very good point uh that with the opportunity to super rally you know you can't criticize tanak and these people who've driven slowly through sunday morning because it's absolute common sense they'd be nuts to do anything other mm-hmm. but it does make a bit of a mockery uh of the competitive aspect Sorry, I've dive, dive, diverted and slightly. I think, David, sometimes we, we... No, we, we, I agree with you. Um, just, just to get back to the Milner piece, um, just to... I don't know if you explained it, David, but Richard's argument was not just against the tyre zone. It was yeah, the sorry. cost, yeah, wasn't the cost it? It was the, the extra cost that. involved. So, it was, it, you know, he, he, wasn't, wasn't, he wasn't against the tyre zone, but he was a little yeah, concerned sorry, about the bit. extra cost. I think it's worth making, worth making that point. Um, well, uh, hang on. To, to help Richard with that then, why don't we just get, uh, get his drivers to come and pick the car up in M-Sport and they can drive them to the event and then just one set of tyres and then drive them back to M-Sport when they're finished. A normal which, car can do that. That's the sort of stupid argument I've heard exactly so many what, times, you know. I've taken it, I've taken it to the end. Let's have, let's have, let's the tire have one tyre for the whole yeah, season. And, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, there was a well, man that let's... really understood rally, wasn't he? Yeah, brilliant guy. But well, well, there's a couple of things here, guys, that I think <laughs> maybe need need further discussion. David, I know you made the point in an article. For me, you know, we, we here's something we're guilty of. I think we're guilty of in rallying. We come up with some great ideas, with some great initiatives, and we implement them, and then we think job done, and we don't bother going back and looking and saying, well, actually, job done. But how's it working? Mm. How can we make it better? Is it delivering what we wanted it to deliver? And you can you can see that across the board. You know, um, we're a little bit complacent in that regard. And I, I think you could argue that about the power stage. And I think you kind of argued it in an article, David. You know, it, it is a great concept. Mm. It does it work in principle, <clears throat> but could it work better? Could yeah, it needs refining. I, I think you're right. The other question I want to ask is about Sunday in total and the need to go to uh, this 300 kilometers, uh, you know, to Franken, how do we pronounce it? Frankenchamp. Frankenchamp, yeah. Um, You know, I, last year, I, I believe when they, they initially scheduled the event, it, it would have coincided with the round of RX. And I could kind of see, I could kind of see an argument for it then. But for me, Ypres has got such a unique character of its own. It doesn't, in my view, now I, I could well be proved wrong because Sunday could be massive, and it could be the most spectacular success. But it doesn't need, you know, taking across the other side of Blumen, Belgium and running around the Formula One circuit. Why are we doing it when, when, when Ypres itself has got so much to offer? So much to offer. There are so many fantastic stages. It's the heartland of Belgian rallying. Um, why are we going halfway across Belgium? to run around a Formula One circuit. Very easy to argue it. that both ways, Colin, actually. Exactly your point, know. you know. I yeah. mean, it, it's incredible down in Spa, but let's go and do, let's go and do the, 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 the Spa rally, you know, the, the, yeah. an incredible yeah. event. Which is a wonderful uh, event. Yeah. yeah, but but honestly speaking, um, it does seem a bit odd to go all that way when you, the whole character of Ypres, the whole point of Ypres was the fact that it was this incredibly fabulous compact event where... You were barely exactly. 35 kilometres away from the town centre at any one point and you could run 600 kilometres of stages and probably never use the same one twice, just about, you know. And George, um, I, always held, I always held it up as being an example, you know. Mm. Uh, President Tott, who is leaving in a few months' time, um, one of his initial big visions for rallying was to reintroduce uh, a little bit of endurance now. Yeah, you know, and that, that's, for, that's, for, for where, me, I, that's me, where I have the, that point of view, exactly that, well, Colin. 300 kilometres. 300 kilometers in 36 hours, which is what we normally get with Ypres, mm. for me is endurance. You don't need to be talking about five days, 10 day events. Yeah. You know, when guys are going to bed at two in the morning and getting up again at four or five in the morning to start the next day or whatever it might be, for me, that's endurance. And, 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 and you know, Ypres has a lot going for it. It's got an awful lot that's unique, an awful lot uh, that can't be replicated that we don't see anywhere else. But let's go and add a little well, bit of Formula One I, supposed no, glamour I, to it. I, <laughs> Yeah, not for me. I think, you know, if you ask the question, why are we traveling 180 miles uh, from what would be the north, the northwest of the country to the southeast, aren't we? That's essentially what we're talking geographically. So, you know, you, you only have to look slightly further um, east and you've got the likes of Cologne, Frankfurt, Luxembourg, all of these countries yeah. that would you yeah. would they come, you know, if it's. Yeah. If it's 180 miles from, I don't know, from Cologne to to Spa, that journey is worth making for them for the day. Is it worth making a uh, 180 times two, 360 mile journey uh, up to Ypres? Maybe not. Uh, you know, there's a huge number of fans 
that are not being served this year because we don't have a rally Germany uh, in that sort of central Europe. I don't know, are they going to come for the day? I, I don't know. But I personally, one of the things that we talk about constantly in rallying is taking rallying to the people. IPA is not geographically in the centre of of Europe. Spa is a little bit closer. Therefore, for me, it probably is worth doing. Yeah. And when you've got this kind of powerhouse of Belgian motorsport that is Spa-Francorchamps, why not go there? You know, the, the names of, of, of Eau Rouge and, and all of these kind of places are amazing. You know, they're absolutely legendary. And I totally, totally get your point uh, that, that Ypres is Ypres. Uh, but it's actually Belgium's round of the World Rally Championship. Uh, and we have to we have to kind of... Yeah. And, you know, yeah, the, 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 the well. stage, yeah. The, yeah. I think the Stavolo stage or one of the, I can't remember, one of the two stages uses some of the, the roads that are used on Boucle de Spa and they will be great roads. Uh, for me, it's just a shame that there's not more than, than 40 kilometers. Um, but we've already outlined, you know, one of the issues that the, the, the countries and, and the event has faced in, in trying to put those stages on on the Sunday. Uh, it's it's a brave move, but it's, you know, Alain Panas is, is a, a rally organizer who is not afraid of taking big decisions. We saw him take his, his event away from the European Championship a few years ago because, quite rightly, he believes that Ypres Rally was bigger than the European Rally Championship, and it was. Uh, and, and, a lot, and a lot of people, was, you know, still is that, very that, much. You know, it was the wrong move. It wasn't. It, it absolutely flourished, and, and it continues mm. to flourish. And we know it's not on the calendar next year, but we don't know what the future holds for, for Ypres. Uh, you know, I'm sure. In under normal normal circumstances, the atmosphere there, like you say, in the growth market and everything, it is one of the absolute highlights of this rally. Uh, and I do know that, that to bring the event to a finish in front of a potential six thousand fans in front of the main grandstand in in Spa, under normal circumstances, will be really special as well. Uh, so let's see. You know, it's something different. Um, I agree completely again on the on the old uh, endurance front. That for me was what we should have. We should have gone for is that 300k in in 36 hours. It's it's not that we've got something different, but we have got a Friday evening, which is great. Uh, and definitely, you know, I I for one will be very much looking forward to. It. It's been years since I've been to Kemmelberg. Uh, I I did the Monteberg Rally Sprint a few times, uh, so I can't wait to get back there. Uh, and did oh, no, you? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know you'd done I, that, I David. I was saying that. I said, crikey, that, that makes it sound like I competed. I didn't. I went and re- reported on it. <laughs> I did it in my own mind, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, do you know what, David? Do you know what? You, you, I, I am our, I am our uh, chief uh, accommodation booker, and our accommodation wow. is practically on Fantastic. that stage. Nearly. With ceiling Nearly. fans. Do you remember that little shed? Do you remember that little shed on the corner? The ceiling fans are flapping skylights. Trusting Colin with hotel bookings for all our listeners is basically somewhere between suicide and incredibly foolhardy. George, George, what is wrong with a caravan? What is wrong with the caravan? Oh dear! Oh, it's going to be great. I'm as David is. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a great event, and I can't wait to see what we get. You go, we've turned David around from this time last year. Yeah. It, I mean, it will be. It's well, it's Belgium chocolate beer, brilliant yeah. uh, waffles. Yeah, what's not to waffles, love? Waffles, mules. Oh, <laughs> and and there are there are a couple of absolutely Fr- awesome restaurants that are. Oh, I remember yeah. when uh, that there's a couple of places where if you are covering a stage that's going to be rerun, you can just pop down the road and 
sit down at a lovely linen table, you know, linen tablecloth covered table and, and have a lovely, lovely meal. Um, yeah, I've Belgium, never eaten a linen tablecloth, Lisa, but it sounds delicious. You make <laughs> it sound good. Nice, <laughs> um, David, you wanted, to, you wanted to talk Rally One. Of course, next year um, we've got the, the Rally One cars coming in. 2022 championship. We've got all kinds of changes coming in calendar changes which we're going to have to talk about at another time um but it's it's the new regulations rally one that will be replacing the world rally car now what, what exactly really, was it that, you wanted that to cover actually wasn't my today? idea lisa you, you caught me a little bit on the it was mine but yeah we've seen testing uh in wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so colin you wanted to talk there's about been a lot, a lot of testing hasn't there uh and and you know when we see yeah. Toyota in yeah. France and then um M Sports Ford in, in Finland. That that for me was a really interesting one. We we've I'm sure, you know, we've seen the Toyota testing in Finland, but to see the the Puma uh in Finland was fantastic as well. And I spoke to, to Matthew Wilson on Friday after he I think he drove Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. I can't remember. Uh and he was absolutely bouncing still, you know. 24 48 hours after getting out of the car he said you know you, you will not be disappointed with these cars when you get the full 500 yeah. horsepower um and he'd driven they tested on oinapoya as well uh it was it was a special special moment and it will be you know and it's just to to reaffirm the fact that it, there are concerns the cars are 100 kilos heavier there's less aero but it's it, it's all good as far as I can see, you know, we're giving back to the driver. We're taking away from the technology, five-speed gearbox, less um, electro-hydraulically adjusted diffs. It's it's all it's all coming back, and and these cars potentially with less aero, they are going to be more spectacular. Group B yeah. animals, loving and it. Say, it's going to be spectacular. Fantastic. Yeah, do you know, do you know, what I thought was interesting, David, was was the. Uh, the way the Puma had changed mm. from what we'd seen previously at Goodwood. It was, it was you know, in, in terms of how it looks, clearly, I don't know if we're even, you know, we've seen quite a lot of Toyota. We've seen, obviously, now a fair amount of the Puma. I don't know how close we're getting to the finished product in terms of the aero and the look of these cars. Uh, we haven't really seen an awful lot no, of the Hyundai yet. We have haven't. We? That, that's, that's an but, interesting one. But, but how, how close do you think we are with the Toyota? I, and, in and terms the, of the, the Toyota, I, I don't know. Uh, but there's, you know, there's one reason that you would go to to Finland, uh, and that's to test the car at high speed uh, and to test the aero. You know, they've they've obviously done a lot of work in in the wind tunnel or on CAD or whatever, but to actually understand what the aero is translating to uh, and how it's working, you wouldn't go to Finland if you didn't have an aero package that was reasonably close to where you were going. And you're right, you know, the car has evolved from Goodwood, and it will evolve at every test now. Uh, and that was one of the, the questions to Matthew was, you know, what about the aero? Uh, and it was one of the points where he, he didn't really say, he didn't say a lot. So that indicated that, you know, there is there is work being done. Of course, there's work being done there. Um, but the car, it did look a little bit as though the nose was lifting uh, on some of the jumps. Uh, but it looked, uh, you know, the stability through the high speed for me was was still super impressive. But, you know, we talk about, oh, restricted, limited aero. It's not really, you know, all we're doing is going back to what we had in 2017, um, which was, if you think of the step we made from 16 to 17, the aero was the big thing, wasn't it? You know, the cars are going to be that much quicker. Um, and George, I mean, how much would you notice losing all of these dive planes and the winglets and all of these sort of 
that the add-ons that we've seen come to these cars in the last four or five years, that basically those are all the bits that have gone, uh, and we're back to 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 seventeen spec. Yeah, the, 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 they are relatively small percentages in, in terms of the overall package, but I suspect that they have more effect than we realise. Um, you know, as you said, you know, you you noticed the nose lifting on the on the Ford, and now you now you have to fix that with with other things, uh, with 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 the suspension dynamics, and you'll compromise that. Whereas when you had the aero, you could control the attitude of the car with the aero. You could you could factor that in. Um, uh, and and uh, that let you optimize your suspension in other ways. So yeah, I think it'll 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 be a small difference. Uh, I think it'll be very noticeable for the certainly for the top drivers. You know, if you and I jump into the car, it wouldn't make a blind bit of difference because we're nowhere near the limit that, that you need to be to make that aero really work. But it quite clearly did make a good difference. Um, I think it'll make a massive. You know, in terms of cost. You know, you only need to look. I remember looking at uh, at the Toyota when, on the first Australia rally that they did. Um, uh, they had a literally had a a, a twenty foot yes, container filled with front front rear front splitters, rear splitters, wings, side panels. The amount of stuff that they lost off that car. I got a great bunch of souvenirs which I gave to a whole <laughs> load of guys back here in UK. I had a suitcase full of uh, bit, just bits and pieces that I picked out the skip because it was such beautiful stuff, and some of it was intact and bolted on, but they just binned it all. So um, yeah, it, it, it must save an absolute fortune. An absolute, I mean, tens of thousands of pounds it yeah. will save it, per event. So huge. Very meaningful from that way. If we're trying to do cost savings, lose that little bit of technology. It's the same for everybody, and keep the, keep the drive down to spa. Except going to a racing circuit, honestly, yeah, might as well watch a model train going round a track. Really, it, it, a rally car on a race circuit, a big, especially a big race circuit like um, like um, spa. It's sadly speaking, it's never I that spectacular. They- you know, where where you have a Formula One car doing two hundred and forty miles an hour, you've got a rally car doing one hundred and ten miles yeah. an hour. Honestly, yeah, speaking, not, it looks like it's stopped. No, I, no, I think it. they've just they'll they'll be very smart with how they use the circuit. Of course they will. Yeah, of course they yeah. will. Yeah, they'll make it. They'll make it good. Of course they will. What, what was the What was the track that we went to south yeah. of Auckland that year? Hampton Downs. Yes, yes. One, one of the best, one of the best things I've watched was um, because everyone just went out more or less and had a bit of fun. I think they ran them at thirty second intervals or two cars at the same time on the track, um, and it was spectacular. We, we it was a, a hill circuit racing. as well. It was a hill circuit. Was it not wet circuit. too, Colin? And we were on gravel yeah. tires. Can't, can't remember whether it was wet, George, but but I do remember really, really. And, any, anybody who's seen really Jim McRae at knows, or even Colin McRae at Knockhill, <laughs> knows that a rally car can be spectacular uh, on a racer. But Cole, just to yeah, just to come back to your point, it, there, absolutely. Colin, about Hyundai. Yeah, we haven't seen a lot, uh, and this mm. is where our frustration with uh, with our friend Andrea Adamo is is really going to come through because. We're not finding out much, you know. There is there's bits and pieces that um, that we found out, but not a lot. You know, he's controlling the message uh, about the car. Um, we haven't. But what we can say, David, what we can say though is that you know, yes, they have this this private test facility that they use. Because remember, with a 2017 car, uh, when in 2016, when when the cars were beginning to appear. 
I'm pretty certain it was the Hyundai that we saw last because they did a lot of their initial testing. I think it's a mili- it's within yeah. a military base or something like that, isn't it? It's yes. somewhere that they can control completely. You know, normally, even when M-Sport, if they're doing their testing up in, in Greystoke or even at their new track that they've got there, you know, really difficult not to get drones up or to have someone in the bushes, someone hiding up a tree, taking photographs, getting video. <laughs> but, but Hyundai have found a place where they can do that. They can do that. So it's not to say that they're not running the car. I fully suspect they are running the car, but they're running it in very, very um, controlled conditions. You know, there's only so I, much you can absolutely. do on one bit of tarmac or one bit of gravel. Uh, so so good, they, they good need at some point to, to break cover with it. Line of sight into M Sports new test track, though. <laughs> no, those no, no, trees are enormously kind of, high. Yeah, yeah. You, you put uh, a drone yeah. in like there. Those walls are massive. You know, that's that's <laughs> yeah. one of the benefits of of the new facility at Dovenby is that you, you know you can test yeah, no, in no, no. complete privacy. And, and Malcolm Wilson has got snipers up on the wall complete for anybody privacy. bringing a drone. Uh, they'll be shot out of the sky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's not that. It's not that, David. It's those yeah, birds. the ones with the with the red beak. They're trained the re- to attack anything that goes uh, up. Oyster catchers. <laughs> oyster catchers. Yeah, very noisy. Oh, oyster catchers. I know they're noisy buggers. Oh, they're they, beautiful. They They've are got beautiful. a lot to say for themselves. They yeah. are they noisy are and quite aggressive. Yeah, quite aggressive. No. They don't like drones. We found that out. Oh, really? Did you have permission to have the drone up? <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> What's I love George? this. I love the fact that M Sport has got um, oyster catcher trained birds to take down yeah, your drones. Amongst other things. Mm, there's an image. So, what's the uh, Dirtfish plan for Rally Eep, Wipers, Weeper, Eeper, Eep? There are many ways you can pronounce yeah. it, apparently. Yeah, well, you know, m- much of the same. Lisa, we're going out there to 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 bring uh, all the action as it as it unfolds. Hopefully, and I'm I'm absolutely certain there'll be plenty of action to report on. So, you know, things are things are moving in the right direction in terms of you know it, it's been very restrictive for us over the past year or eighteen months in terms of what we can do, where we can go, who who we can speak to. Uh, but I still think we've done a, a very reasonable job from events. Um, you know, George did a wonderful job out in Africa uh, just a few few uh, few weeks ago. But, yeah, we're going back out. Restrictions are beginning to ease a little bit. We're getting a bit more access. We're, we're, we're going out and we're going to just do our usual thing for me, and hopefully bring you a little bit. For me, it's the atmosphere, bringing, trying to bring the atmosphere of the event um, to all our, our listeners or wherever they might be and our viewers around the world. So yeah, um, can't absolutely. wait. Really looking forward to it. 100%. I am excited as can be and uh, wish I was there with you except I'm happy I'm not because I don't want to experience Colin's accommodation really really (laughs) George George, honestly George when you see the pictures when you see the pictures (laughs) David David David, when you go to Africa next year yeah and I will not be with you I will not be with you in Africa next year categorically when you're staying in when you're staying in your 50 pound hotel because you're staying in a 50 pound hotel in Lake Naivasha I'm not interested George, at George, all. Oh, you, you, you little faith, George. Five Lord. star, five star in a Pashai hotel. That's the one you need to be staying in. Right, I think we might leave this uh, right okay. where we are. If you want to get in <laughs> Sorry, touch Lisa. with the crew, <laughs> at, uh, at Dirtfish Rally is the best place to get in touch with us on Twitter. And you can bim some questions and put some hotel accommodation recommendations over to Colin right there. I suggest that we reconvene in a week's time to assess all the excitement of Rally Ypres and uh, basically yep. pick out the bones of Sounds how we like all got it so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> See you Bye. then, Lise. See you then. Bye.
Bye now.